0: Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience podcast. I am thrilled to introduce you to another friend of mine who is also involved in Girl Scouts in some big ways. Really exciting. But I'm not going to spend too much time talking about her. You, You tell us. You're the one they're here to listen to. So tell us who you are, where you're from, what council
1: and how you're involved with Girl Scouts. Awesome, Sarah. Uh, My name is Nikki Lomi-Bow. I am the founder and CEO of a company called Desert Blue Consulting and Coaching, and I am a Girl Scout volunteer in the Arizona Cactus Pine Council, serving on many different levels, troop leader, service team, and board member.
0: Awesome. Let's start with the... Troop stuff. I mean, for sure. And service team a little bit, but for sure, we're going to talk about board. So if that caught your attention, we're definitely going to come back to that. But this is the troop leader experience after all. So let's hear a little bit about your troop. What grade level are your girls and how large is your troop?
1: Yes. So I am based in the South Phoenix service unit and have been for 13 years. This is my 13th year as a Girl Scout leader, which sounds a little out there to just say out loud. But my specific troop is troop 4009. We have 35 girls this year, and we have been a large multi-level troop for many years. But right now we have K to 12. So we have brand new daisies this year. And then I also have high school girls all the way up until 12th grade this year.
0: That's amazing. I, I love I loved that. It sounds like a really robust experience for your girls. I'm curious how you got involved as a volunteer in the first place and also why you continue to come back.
1: Yeah, it's my daughter is the reason. So 13 years ago, as I mentioned, she was in kindergarten and had a friend who had joined a Girl Scout troop and she wanted to join as well. And so we got involved that way. And it is mind blowing to say that she's a senior in high school. Now I had six girls or have have and had have six girls who uh, started with that troop back in kindergarten with my daughter and they have graduated. I had four graduate last year and two, my daughter included this year that will graduate then. But but it's obviously been a very long and amazing journey um, over these years. And I will continue to be involved many, many years after even my daughter graduates. But that is how I got into this world of Girl Scouts was my daughter wanted to join a troop back in kindergarten.
0: I love that. And I was going to say, I have a couple nosy questions for you. And one of them <laughs> we did touch on, which is if you, I love asking people this, who's, who's, Girls go all the way through. Will Mm -hmm. you stay involved? Because now you have this whole robust multi-level troop and you're involved in a bunch of different capacities. And so, yes, you, you think you'll stay involved after that, right?
1: Definitely. Um, I'm not going anywhere soon. Uh, My girls in my troop will not let me go anywhere soon, even though my uh, daughter's graduating. But yes, I serve in so many different roles and capacities. And I honestly love this community so much and will continue to stay involved and and still spend lots of my volunteer time, um, you know, giving that to Girl Scouts.
0: Okay, here's my other nosy question. The friend of your daughter's who originally joined, who got her interested in the first place,
1: is she still in the troop as well? She is not. Her family ended up moving to another state when they were still in elementary school. So I don't know if they're involved up there, but they kind of lost touch. But, you know, we still thank her for uh, inviting my daughter, Sarah, to the troop with her. But no, they they moved out of state into another, to organize. Hello,
0: your daughter's name is Sarah? That's so funny. I did not know that.
1: Yes. <laughs> no H, though. She is a She's mm. a no H Sarah. Okay, well,
0: that would be <laughs> your fault, wouldn't it? Okay, so... <laughs> I am curious about your previous Girl Scout experience. Were you a Girl Scout when you were a kid?
1: I was never a Girl Scout, did not know anything about Girl Scouts growing up. And so my first experience really as is as an adult and as a leader. But I, looking back, I mean, I wish I was involved as a, as a kid in, in school. I think it would have been so fun. And I just see the lifelong friendships that are made through Girl Scouts. But even as an adult, I mean, being 13 years as a troop leader, I definitely consider my co-leaders and you know, other leaders from troops, like they're my best friends now. And so I don't think that that is isolated to um, the girl experience. I also think it's an adult experience to have.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. We talk about that a lot on this podcast. I love that. And I think that's so, that's so nice to be able to call out because I think so much of what we hear is kind of that typical story of the people who tend to be kind of lifetime volunteers, like a a lifelong volunteer drinking the Kool-Aid and bleeding green and whatever else people say. I feel like so often they're multi-generational, like their family has been involved in Girl Scouts for multiple generations. And I think that can be really isolating for anybody, especially if you're listening to this and – this is, you're a first time Girl Scout. This is your first experience Mm -hmm. with Girl Scouts. You feel totally overwhelmed and intimidated by how much you don't know. Like you really are not alone and it's not like there's so much room for you here to learn and grow too. So I love that. Okay. What is one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting, again, having been involved in so many different capacities, but one of my proudest moments and that I actually talk about a lot in my business and my workplace as well, is I received the Innovator Award from my service team in 2018, I think it was, which if you know about the service team awards, um, the Innovator Award is given to someone who delivers the Girl Scout program in in a creative and innovative way. I love the curriculum for Girl Scouts. And I also think there's a lot of like fun, engaging and different ways to deliver the information. And that's always at the top of my mind. So I did receive that award from my service team and my friends um, a few years ago. And it's one of my proudest moments.
0: That's so cool. I love that. You have been involved for so long in so many capacities and just have such a great energy that I feel like I have no question that you're a huge asset to your service unit. And I love I love that you got recognized for that. Okay, what's one of the coolest adventures or experiences you've gotten to do on the troop side, like as a troop leader?
1: Yeah. So we've had so many fun experiences, I think. And, you know, as I mentioned, and we'll probably talk about a little bit more is my sweet spot is working with older girls. I love working with high school girls. I know many troop leaders are like, I love like cute little daisies and they're so sweet. And I actually really, really love working with high school girls because I think they just have like they're coming into their personalities, right? So anyways, coolest adventures and experiences. We went to Great Wolf Lodge a couple of years ago, which we did a blowout weekend because we hadn't done any trips because of COVID and pandemic. Um, So the, my girls had saved up their cookie proceeds from a couple of years. And so we did an amazing weekend at Great Wolf Lodge in Scottsdale, um, did everything that they had there. And it was super, super fun. And the other really cool adventure that we've had, I think, is um, many of our girls, older girls, did have not gone on trips to Northern Arizona. So my older girls had chose to go to Sedona, which was, again, a really fun, we did an overnight up there. But we did the trolley tour in Sedona, which kind of hits like all the touristy spots. And it was super fun to learn about, but also most of my high school girls fell asleep on the trolley because the weather was beautiful. Um, and we were literally riding around Sedona in a trolley and it was like 75 degrees, but many of them fell asleep while on the trolley because it's just that one of those car riding. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but those have been like two, those are two like highlights, um, really adventures or, you know, experiences that we've had as a troop. And it's been really fun.
0: I love that. So you touched on this, but I do talk about this on this podcast a lot. And that is that Girl Scouts isn't just to help girls grow. It's for adults to grow too. all the benefits that we talk about that girls get from participating in this program, short term or long term. Adults get those benefits, too. So I want to know what is one way you've been impacted or changed through your experience of volunteering for Girl Scouts?
1: in so many ways and again I was never a Girl Scout as um you know as a child and I think Girl Scouts gave me such a safe space um and I know you and I have talked about this before a safe space to really stretch and grow my skills um and I I do I do bleed green and you know I think the you know the acronym that Girl Scouts uses for G.I.R.L. like go-getter innovator risk taker and leader like I Really, really take that to heart. And so, you know, in ways that it's impacted me is my confidence, my ability to take risks, you know, as you know, um, I mean, I, I left my full time job, and I am now a business owner and entrepreneur. And I don't think I would have taken that risk, or been had enough confidence to do that without again, really using Girl Scouts as a place to grow professionally and personally in skills. And so, you know, for any troop leaders who are listening, as you mentioned, Sarah, like this is not just for girls. It definitely is. There is an element of that, but use this space to build your skills that can be applied to the workplace. And, you know, I think like there's things like management skills, like learning how to manage people in troops is such a big thing. Facilitation, training, all all of those things are transferable skills to whatever you may be doing in your professional life as well.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I, as you know, cause yes, we have talked about it. I completely mm-hmm. agree. I feel like so many people answer about the relationships that they build, right? Like the friendships that are made. And I think that is so, so valuable. And it's so funny to me that that isn't my top answer. My top answer is more similar to yours, which is it's for me, it's about taking me out of my comfort zone. There's so many things I've done in my role as a volunteer in Girl Scouts that I would never have done if it weren't for Girl Scouts. And especially, I mean, this was true even when I worked for council, but especially with my troop having my girls watching and knowing that they're, they're watching, they're observing, they're taking it in. And it's like, I'm going to show up as the version of myself. I want them to internalize you know what I mean absolutely and that influenced me to to put myself in situations outside of my comfort zone on many occasions Mm -hmm. that I think yeah that's that's a really that's a really big stretch opportunity so I love that okay what has been one of your biggest challenges for you and I, I mean I love to ask this about as a troop leader but also in any of your roles or capacities? What have been some of the big challenges?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And I was thinking about this question, because one thing I always tell new leaders, and even, you know, leaders who've been a while is as adults and as volunteers, we have to learn to be flexible and adaptable and manage uncertainty and it is so you know the universe is providing because i don't know if you saw they added an essential skill to the cookie season and fall product which is managing uncertainty and i was like i have been saying this for years and so i do think um you know a challenge that comes as being as a troop leader is again, being able to be flexible enough. And yes, there is a, a curriculum and a structure and processes, but also um, being flexible enough to, to be creative and innovative and find solutions. And, you know, just as the purpose, manage uncertainty. And so I am so excited that they are at, they've added that skill, having uh-huh. girls learn that skill and that, it is like things are going to pop up, right? Things are going to, you can have all the plans in the world <laughs> and something yes. will come up like a pandemic that you will have to learn to navigate. And so giving them the space um, to practice that and 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 anticipate that change is the only thing, right? The, what, does they say? what did they say? The change is the only thing that's certain. Getting them to, to learn that skill early is going to be so critical.
0: Oh, yes. There's so many layers to this and I can't wait to (laughs) dig into this in other podcast episodes. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know how excited I am to talk about this. So that's that's really, really cool. I'm so glad you shared that. You also are involved with your service team. And I'm curious, like what role you have with your service team and what roles you've had, like maybe in your tenure and like what kind of stuff you do, because so I think I think some people might be interested if they had more information about what it's like to be involved or what it could look like.
1: Yeah, and, and Sarah, you know me now, so you know that I have probably held every role in my service team, which is definitely true. So <laughs> I am, you know, a part of our South Phoenix service team. I've been part of the service team for at least eight years. So, you know, a few years after being only a troop leader or only serving as a troop leader, I did start getting more involved with the service team, which I think is such a critical piece, right? In in any troop um, experience, because the service team really is the one that holds the neighborhood together and really helps to kind of bridge the relationships between the different troops in our area. And so, I mean, in South Phoenix in particular, we have about 25 troops across a very pretty big region. And so being on the service team, I think the intention always is to how do we build relationships? How do we have girls build relationships? How do we have troop leaders build relationships across that and also share resources? Because as you mentioned, you know, for new leaders who are out there, it can feel so isolating, uh, really overwhelming because there's so many things to do and so many things to learn. And I think being part of the service team, there's so many opportunities for you to not feel like you have to go at it alone. So um, I am currently, and have been the last couple of years, the co-manager, thank goodness I have a co-manager of the South Phoenix service team. And I also help with all of our events for our neighborhood. We have a great committee um, who helps with events, but we hold neighborhood events um, and also plan encampments and all of those fun things. I've also helped, we have a service squad, which is basically, high school girls who, you know, help be on their troop. So they're still, you know, as they're in Girl Scouts in their troop, um, our service squad are actually service team members who are girls who help again to kind of help plan events and plan things for the neighborhood to bring girls together. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I did uh, agree to be a co-manager for the 2024 cookie season. So this is my first time being a cookie co-manager. I've also, you know, I've helped with that group for a long time or helped with that committee for a long time, but I did agree to be a co-manager this year. So it will be interesting.
0: That is a lot. It sounds like, (laughs) it sounds like you have a pretty robust service unit, if these positions have multiple people supporting them, and I know not everybody's service team looks like that. I'm curious, in your opinion, what does a, like, if we were to talk about a healthy, because I've, t- I've talked a little bit about service team slash service unit stuff on here, and I heard a resounding response from people listening that they want more conversations at this level. So I'm really curious, in your opinion, what does a healthy service unit or a healthy service team look like?
1: Yeah. So we, um in our service team, we definitely have, I, I would say like a, core group uh, of us who've been around for a long time, you know, definitely a lot of seasoned uh, volunteers and troop leaders in our area. For our, again, we have about 25 troops in our area. We have about 20 people uh, currently who serve on our service team, whether they're in, you know, specific roles or committees, or uh, we also have member at large, which are literally just awesome volunteers and awesome troop leaders who come and show up for anything that we need. Um, so I definitely think, you know, uh, I, I think a one-to-one ratio. So again, as a, if you have 25 troops, like 25 service team members would be ideal. But even with our 20 people on our service team, we all hold multiple roles. So that's the other thing. And we always try to do co, co-leads for different roles, right? So you hear me say like co-manager for the service team or cookie co-manager. We definitely try not to have anyone... Uh, at, go at it alone. Right. And so there's always partnership and we do really try to model that um, not just for our troop leaders, but in a service team as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. I love that. And while we have time, I want to get into the board stuff as well, because yes. um, and this is something that's really fascinating to me because I haven't had an experience, had the opportunity to have the experience of interviewing a board member before. So let's just start with like the basics, because some people may not even know that there like is a board. So what what does the board do and who's on it? Like what what is what is it?
1: Yeah, so a board of directors, if you are unfamiliar with the nonprofit structure, so every nonprofit has to have a board of directors, and that is um, like part of the governance structure, I guess you can say, um, for a nonprofit. So any nonprofit, like whether it's, you know, say Vincent DePaul or UMOM, like anything here in the Valley, know that there is a board of directors who helps with the vision and the governance of the of the nonprofit, and so it is interesting. Many of them are community leaders or um, have a specific skill set, right? That they are helping to again kind of help with the governance of that nonprofit. So, in my professional life outside of Girl Scouts, um, I was previously the vice president of human resources and organizational development at a very large nonprofit here in the valley, and a few years. Years ago, I, again, I've volunteered for Girl Scouts for you know 13 years. But a few years ago, um, just kind of building my own network and and how I wanted to give back to the community, I definitely wanted to seek out uh, board of director opportunities. And of course, Girl Scouts was like the first one that came to my mind. I was like, I'm already a volunteer. I love this organization so much. So how you know can I get how can I get involved at a board level? And so again, it's interesting being a board member because it, it, they board members don't. Help with the operations of the organization, so there is a little bit of space, I guess you can say, between like holding the vision. That's what a lot of uh, of board, you know, board members will say. You hold the vision of the organization, but you don't direct the operations of the of the organization. And so again, it's not getting into you know the management and operations and how things are done at service unit levels or troop levels. It really is that very high strategy um, for the organization organization. And, and that's, that's the role of a board member. So anyways, but I do think it, it's interesting being on this level. I know Mary Mitchell and Christina Spicer, and when I had expressed interest in being on the board, they did invite me to go ahead and apply. It's, it's done annually, I believe. Towards the end of the year, there's an, an application essentially that you go through um, to if you are interested in being a board member. Got it. And
0: if you're listening to this and you're not in our council or if you're new, those two names that she listed, those are our co-CEOs. So I love this. And so when did you step on and what has your experience been like overall? Like what was the application process, the onboarding process, then like then sitting on the board, like what, what is it like what do you do
1: <laughs> yeah so there is um as part of the board there is there's different committees um, on the board and so I applied that would be two years ago now um I applied because I was interested and I did an interview with the board development committee and again they are responsible for recruiting and looking for uh you know valuable again can, kind of Community leaders who can help contribute to the organization who believe in the vision uh, who believe in the mission and can again and help guide a lot of this the strategy for the organization. And so I did an interview um, at that time, Lupe Camargo. She was the board chair. They have a new board chair. It's a, a three-year position who really helps again to kind of lead lead the board of directors. And so It is, this is my second year, Uh, they go off of the Girl Scout membership year as well. So this is my second year um, on the board. And um, we work directly with the CEOs. And so, again, as as part of a little bit of that separation from operations of the organization, um, we, I, I'm familiar with the senior leadership team, but again, like we are working directly with, uh, again, Mary Mitchell and Christina Spicer as far as the board uh, level and and helping to direct, helping them direct the operations of the organization.
0: That makes tons of sense. And that is very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I love to ask, when I get to talk to somebody who's working in um, on things uh, like at a little bit of a higher level in the movement, what kinds of topics or focus areas, like what are you focused on with the board right now? And also what kind of trends or patterns are you seeing in the movement like as a whole?
1: Yeah, it, you know, I think um, again, it, it seeing, seeing the organization on this level as a board member is a whole new light for me, right? I've been a volunteer. I've been a service team member, but understanding, again, Govern board governance is interesting, and so they do have a three year strategic plan, and so I believe that is on the website or or circulating out there as well. So the board um, and and the CEOs and, and senior leadership team um, does kind of work off of a of a strategic plan, and it's a three year plan. So they have um, you know milestones and and opportunities that they work in that, and so the strategic vision for uh, this three-year plan is really focused on, um, and, and, you know, we always do vision planning with this as well, is really uh, providing every girl a place to belong and thrive um, and giving every girl the opportunity to have an authentic and valuable Girl Scout experience. And so, you know, that is the ideal vision for these, um, the three years, and I believe it's through the end of 2024, and then they'll be coming up with a new vision for the next uh, three-year three year increment. But that is the strategic vision right As as the board members work and think and guide this work, that is always the top of our mind. And then there are definitely some growth opportunities. You know, I think the pandemic, as I said, like we had to manage a lot of uncertainty. Another nod to the skill there, to the skill, essential skills there. But I think through a lot of, you know, surveys and fact finding and just Uh, All of those things, as far as getting feedback, I think the growth opportunities that the organization is working on is really around, um, you know, Daisy and Brownie troops, because I do think we have to get girls and and leaders into that pipeline, right? So getting them involved. And so there's a big focus on uh, creating creating opportunities. Opportunities And creating new troops, especially around daisies and brownies to kind of get them into the pipeline. There is a great, great focus, obviously, on DEI, so uh, diversity, equity and inclusion. And I know that they are, there's a big priority for uh, focusing on the Latina community. And so there's been a little bit of a, a, a gap, I guess you can say around Hispanic and Latina families getting involved in Girl Scouts. And I think in South Phoenix, where I live, and also have my troop and, and, you know, involved in Girl Scouts, I do think um, that is super important to be able to bridge the gap there. And I know that that is a growth opportunity on the um, on the board level as well. And then I think the other thing that is a challenge for our council is we are, if, if you don't know, if if new leaders don't know, um, our council really spans a lot of northern Arizona. And, uh, you know, I think many of us are here in the Phoenix metropolitan area, and we have a lot of opportunities for events and connections and, and uh, you know, seeing council and going to council events. But we have a lot of rural. Areas as well, Kingman, Payson, Prescott, like all of those kind of places that are a little bit out of the city. And I think uh, there's a big initiative and a big uh, push to kind of bring more services and get those leaders and troops more connected um, to support and resources as well. Great information. Okay. So, as troop leaders,
0: what are some things that we can slash should be doing in our troop to be working towards some of these? kind of strategic plans are these focus areas what tips do you have if any for like executing at the troop level
1: yeah one of the uh best things i think and we have again uh, we've had a core group of our our service team in south phoenix that um have we we've worked really well together and so one of the great things that we do and i really uh try to recommend and suggest to other service teams as well is really building relationships and finding ways to uh mentor and provide support to new leaders um because you know as as we all know, and and anyone who's listening, at the beginning, it can be very overwhelming. There's a lot of information, a lot of trainings, a lot of forms um, that are coming at you very quickly. And so, you know, finding ways and any of us seasoned leaders, uh, finding ways to, again, just provide support and resources. In South Phoenix, we actually take all of our new leaders out for coffee. So as soon as they sign up for, you know, to be a leader and they agree, we have three of us who are again kind of seasoned troop leaders that we're like, let's just go to coffee. Like let's just get to know each other and and what questions might you have or what do you not understand or you're getting emails, right, from these things and you have to do, you know, there's there's all these action items attached to it. So really being able to again just get to know the person and um provide, you know, Insight and and directions and and just breaking breaking it breaking it down a little bit into simple ways and and also providing that that support and resources so, so you know we say we go out to coffee answer any questions help them do a little bit of a a download on the things that they have to do and also here's my phone number like call me text me if you run into anything else that you have questions on and so again I think that is a huge opportunity and it also helps. Making them feel welcomed right into this community. And so we want to, we always want to provide support and, and resources for each other. And I think that is so important and, and a missed opportunity if, if any service teams are not doing that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm curious because I know you had a lot of things we talked about a lot of different directions this conversation could go and also you did some preparation for us. So I'm wondering, (laughs) are there any other kind of talking points or any other directions that you really wanted a chance to discuss today that I didn't like ask the
1: right leading question or something to pull out? Is there anything else that I should have asked? No, I think this is great. I think, um, you know, I think it is interesting. Again, I, I wanted to definitely talk about, you know, kind of my board experience. And I think also just helping provide that information. I think, again, uh, there, it, it is interesting, being a Girl Scout leader and being on this side and understanding that there's so much we're responsible for right? If we do this for free as volunteers and so you know there is a lot of of support out there and i think just being okay with reaching out and asking for help, I think is such an important thing and building those relationships. This is not just, as I said at the beginning, not just about the girls, that's definitely a critical piece in this, but it is so much about our own development, our own personal development, professional development. And I think um, this is a great community to really let yourself be a part of and really take advantage of All the great connections and all the great connections and friendships that are made uh, within this space. I love this so much.
0: And I'm so glad that we had a chance to do this. I guess my last, like, kind of question is if somebody is listening and they're not in our council, or even if they are in our council, actually, and they want to learn more of like, what is my board focused on right now? What is my council's uh, like focus area right now? How can leaders learn more about what's happening at a higher level in their council?
1: Yeah. You know, I definitely think, I think being okay with asking the question, sometimes they feel like the board's a little bit removed or that's not the right word, but you know, a little bit, uh, um, um, out of touch, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, being, being afraid to kind of like not put yourself out there. And I know like just being curious and, and, even your MSC, if you have a member services executive for your service team, they are a great place to start and often will put you in connection with, with who you who you want to get involved with. Um, almost all of the websites as well will have um, a list of the board members. And I think, again, if, if you work in the community, you may be surprised at who's also on the board or who you may know of that is serving on the board. I know um, our board in uh, Cactus Pine Council, we have about 30 35 members on our board and they're all, you know, they work in all different industries, all different companies across the valley and and are super, you know, really skilled. and, And I think, again, you may be surprised at who sits on the board. So-
0: Thank you so, so much. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for answering our questions. And also, thank you for everything that you do in our community to support girls and volunteers, because it couldn't happen without people like you, not just from, it sounds like, you know, your troop experience alone is just a long-term high-impact experience and then in addition these other roles that you've taken on you really do so so much for our community and for the girls and volunteers in our community and I just want really want to say from the bottom of my heart thank you for everything that you do and if you are listening thank you so much for being here Uh, we will see you next week all right thank you